Oh, hold on one second. I fucked up. I'm six. Intelligent. I know how to work it right. <laughs> I know. That's, that's I know. <laughs> I know how to work it right. I'm sexy. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking sexy intelligent. Oi. Oh, I, I know how to work it. I know how to work it right. <laughs> <laughs> how was I got this? Ah, don't save. Hello? I'm all over the goddamn place. Can I be in your movie, Grace, please? That's my impersonation of Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> Hello, can I be in your movie, Grace, please? <laughs> she an Aussie. She is Australian. <laughs> can I be in your movie, Grace, please? <laughs> Every time I see subtweet, my, uh, shout out friend of the show, Joanna down in Australia. Every time I see a tweet that's like, I need to hear an Australian girl say something. I always ask her to say it for me. And I hate that. I hate when people do that to me, but I don't really care. I do it to other people. You hate too, so. you hate it when people parade your like, accent? Just ask me to say stuff. No, I don't mm. care about that. I just be like, hey, say this, say this. And I'm like, I don't really want Dude, to. Dude, you know, you know what you could do to get around that? You, you could lose your accent. That would be really fucking funny if you went it's through... Losing my accent is a bit on the show. <laughs> If you like went through like a two year process on this show to like whittle your access accent down to <laughs> And I sound just like a weatherman by the end of it. Uh huh. You've got the name of a weatherman. Tom Sexton yeah. Q six Weather Watch. Storm watch. Uh, <laughs> God. Dude, I fucking loved I, it. I let us down ten days ago. <laughs> you let us down. I loved it growing up when they were like, we've got new Doppler technology. And they would show like a photo or a video of like a big balloon type structure at, at the top of a mountain, presumably outside of Albuquerque. And like, look at our new Doppler technology. And, I would, and as a kid, I'd be like, yes, hell yes. We got Doppler, mom. My mom's like, shut the fuck we up. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, shut up, you little pussy. <laughs> Dude, it is like, I've never been clear on whether uh, TV weathermen are like scientists or just guys with communications degrees. I think they're... Or do they have a team of scientists and then you are like, the guy with communications degree is like mm. the mouthpiece of the scientist. So like, there's like a writer's room. There's a writer's room for the meteorologist. <laughs> Yeah, like, what is that? If anybody has any insight on that, I would genuinely be curious to know. I mean, it's got to, you got to be two things at once. Uh, the first is of which is knowledgeable of weather. The second is personable and charismatic. Like, a weatherman is one of the few jobs, like, the few remaining jobs. What's the old joke about weathermen? It's like... The only job where you can be wrong 90% of the time and still keep your job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> but it is one of the few jobs that still commands some type of respect in a community. Because it's one of the last... This is one of the fascinating things to me about the flood. 
The first news crew to arrive on the scene was the Weather Channel. That was like before CNN, before anyone, it was the Weather Channel. And I remember reading an article about them like a few years ago about their recent rebrand in the last 10 years and how like for them isn't the weather channel like a very valuable asset they're i think they're play i guess it could be a a public service well i mean obviously weather is a public service it's fucking crazy that it is like all privatized or whatever but that like their business model like their plate is made, man. They just follow around natural disasters, of which there are more and more every day. You're hearing more and more about them every day, folks. Dude, like right now, it'd be the time to buy Weather Channel stock, honestly, because this this train ain't slowing down now. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess that is their way of like, you know, I guess in a regular newsroom, you have to wait till there's like a crazy salacious story like this Trump FBI raid or something like that. Or, or you just take liberties with the news and like stretch out like an otherwise boring topic and try to make it interesting. But the weather is, yeah, there's something, there's some bad weather shit going on anywhere in the world at any given time. You can just zip over to. Yeah. I'm trying to find that Nate, the guy who was here. Like I saw him everywhere. Like everywhere I would go, he'd be like, I'm Matthew Rand reporting live, and he, like behind him would be, <laughs> behind him would be like a mountain of twisted metal. He's just like reporting live from McRoberts. <laughs> You're going a little Tanner Hesterberg there. Yeah, I went to college with all these guys, and I can't figure out for the life of me which one has accused me of fucking their girlfriend. <laughs> That was a that was a contentious thing. I remember that, and that's really funny that they are all so uniform and unremarkable that like they blur they blur together in your mind, and so like you can't like you're like I know one of them accused me of fucking his girlfriend. <laughs> I just don't I can't remember, remember who one. it was. <laughs> I'll never forget that quote though. Some uh, can't believe an unemployed loser. <laughs> That an ex-girlfriend <laughs> cheated on me with in college just won a city council seat. And it's like, hey. That's, that's like the old saying goes, baby. Uh, well-behaved women rarely make history. <laughs> the same thing with the fellas. You're right. He should be thanking you. Yeah. I'm trying to find this reporter. He had a nice haircut. My man was looking clean. He was looking fresh. He had like a... He had a nice haircut, nice shoes. Um, Did he have the the windbreaker on? Of course, yeah, he had a windbreaker. I would love to know who makes the Weather Channel windbreaker, because you know that's got that has to be like made to like stand up to the elements. Uh huh. Yeah, it's probably, that's not a bullshit windbreaker. It's probably Kevlar. It's probably got some Kevlar in it. I have several questions already in this episode I need to crowdsource. Somebody needs to find out who makes the Weather Channel windbreaker. Mm-hmm. And I'm so brain-addled, I had another... Oh, yeah, I need to know the inner workings of a television weather room. Mm-hmm. Are there scientists there? Is it just writers? What's going on? Right. <laughs> uh, they've got Erlmeyer flasks. And... Yeah. <laughs> 
beakers. They're doing science experiments. <laughs> oh shit! One of them pours one of one of them <laughs> pours carbon dioxide or whatever into. He's got like a a mock up volcano and he pours it in there and it bubbles up. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my god!" And the camera zooms in on his face. <laughs> yeah, <It's> like, volcano. <laughs> comes in the next day and accidentally makes mustard gas <laughs> just kills the entire k7 kills the, go- the gorgeous guy with the fresh haircut <laughs> delivering the weather oh. i can't remember what you add to make volcano uh, to make a volcano you know i thought it's it like, was just like alka seltzer and water it's like, right yeah, like mintos and coca-cola or something something like that yeah I, I never got to make one of those. I always wanted to, but I just didn't have the initiative. <laughs> I like the idea of someone who <laughs> is addicted to making those in the same way that some people are addicted to like puzzles or Legos. You know what I mean? Like you can't stop making mock. <laughs> You're like forty years old and just like trying to fit, constantly figure out new ways to make like fake eruptions. Uh huh. It's like, hey, man, he's been doing this since fifth grade. Uh. <laughs> right. So, like, someone's got a model train in their garage, and you've got the biggest mock volcano. Your wife's like, if you don't stop this right now, I'm leaving. With the, I'm, taking I'm taking the kids. The kids. I'm taking the kids and stay with my mom. And it's like, listen, baby, if the choice is between you and the fizzy stuff, well, that's no choice at all. <laughs> Cue up, I'm going to miss her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you don't want me to be who I am. That's the volcano guy. Uh-huh. You know, Rod Stewart's really into uh, model trains. So is Neil Young, I'm told. I think Neil Young's, like, way into it. Really? Like, he has his, like he has his own, like, model train company that makes model trains. Really? Yeah. I don't know what those two would have in common except for being rock gods, but, Uh, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of our venerated rock and roll icons are also into model trains. I don't know what it says. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I guess we all have things that are like hangarounds from our childhood that we just never really quite grow out of. Right. You know. Like Christian, like CCM. I was lis- I was literally listening to Switchfoot this morning. <laughs> yeah, you'll send me a so you're like, man, you remember this song? And I'm like, I hate to like just tell you that like I only knew the hits because wow. I don't want to seem like a poser, but damn, I only know the hits usually. Damn, like that one album that they like got, it was like secular. It, it like went mainstream. It was secular, and like yeah. for a little while there, they were like, nah, dog, we're not. <laughs> We're not Christian. Nah. <laughs> yeah, bro. We're, we're kind of, we're just spiritual. <laughs> I, I like, do. Li- <laughs> we're followers of Christ, but Christian, I. I do like Switchfoot. And actually, given the same, like, situation, I would have done the same. Oh, yeah. Just uh, got breaking news. The Mountain Heritage Festival's been canceled. It's been canceled. They canceled the Mountain Heritage Festival. No heritage this year because on account of the floods. 
they're trying to rob us of our identity. They robbed us of our homes and belongings, and now they're coming for our culture and our heritage. And your accent. Well, I'm working on getting rid of that. Mm. So. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to flatten it out just as a bit, and then like if I never if I never get it back, I'm just being the most like unremarkable white man that ever walked the face of the earth. They're gonna start doing that, like sore because because of like just transition and economic development and all that stuff is basically dead now it it is uh been consigned to the dustbin of history i mean just for now i'm sure it'll be back like let's be real but i'm sure that it will become when it does come back it'll be even more farcical than before and you will have like entire city county-wide like re-education attempts to eradicate the Appalachian accent to make you know the area seem more amenable to investment right oh my god that would, that would be hilarious we tried it their way <laughs> right. now let's try ours <laughs> and like they have to teach some kind of accent so it'd be funny if it was like the mid-atlantic William William Buckley Oh yeah, like the trans. Uh, what do they call that? The transcontinental. Transcon. Yeah, or it's like it's almost British, but the American version of it. Yeah, I'm gonna go work in the co- in, in the coal mines, father. <laughs> I'd rather work in the coal mines, father. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But Papa, it seems to have a touch of the black lung. <laughs> father, it seems I have. Uh, COPD. <laughs> yeah, Mama. It seems that I've been stricken with the co-worker's pneumoconiosis. <laughs> yeah, man. I, what is the? What do you think? There's. What do you think are the best Eastern Kentucky festivals? The Black Gold Cancel. I like the Gingerbread Fest, just because they hand out gingerbread, and, I mean, that in and of itself is pretty cool. What's that one over in Floyd County where like they have that huge uh, cast iron skillet and they fry everybody uh, drumstick chicken <laughs> drumsticks in it? I think it's funded actually by chicken fighters. I would like the them Cox, to f- the Coxman Association. Oh, really? I think so. Wow. I would like to be fried in it. It would be pretty fun. <laughs> you walk up to them and hand them a ticket like it's a carnival ride. Uh huh. You're like. Wait no, I I would like to be fried alive. I would like. Yeah, I'm. Do you not notice I'm breaded? I've been I'm rolling. a ticket holder. I had someone dip me an egg in like breading. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want you to make me a cutlet. Here, I've got a ticket. <laughs> uh, oh shit! I I like this email I got from Hal Rogers. It's the East Kentucky flood relief update. And so he got everything under control? He's got <laughs> I love this photo of him. Like, 97-year-old Hal Rogers, like, strapped into a helicopter, dude. Like, with at least, like, 20 different straps. And his body is completely, like, lifeless. It's being, like, sucked towards the earth by gravity as the helicopter <laughs> tilts sideways. <laughs> <laughs> He's just holding like a gun, 
just strafing Appalachian villages like, get some, get some. <laughs> <laughs> They're looters. <laughs> uh huh. He's just who's gonna who's gonna be the first local politician that like long after this crisis is cleaned up they're like they're going to run on tough on looters <laughs> and like you know like looters will just be canonized as just part of like what's going on and we have to be tough on them yeah i do have to say i am kind of em- embarrassed for like scoffing at the idea of scammers like <laughs> the scammers are out everywhere man it is fucking oh, yeah. crazy how after a very bad disaster, you know, like a catastrophe, like they come out of the fucking woodworks. Oh my god. Like I'm um let's see, Katie Myers sent me one the other day called Central Kentucky Restoration. Uh there's another one, Appalachian or wait, never mind. Okay. Central Kentucky Restoration. Um, it's just, let's see. They just, like, go around. Basically. Like, these are known scammers? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky Restoration. Central, yeah, Central Kentucky Restoration. And it's made it's made my shit harder because, like, I've been trying to, like, help people get signed up for various stuff. And, like, no one trusts and they, they hear you not have an accent, and they're like, oh, no, we've read about this guy. Dude, the other day, Zelma comes into the office with a bunch of checks that people sent her for, like, mutual aid. And she's like, can I just give these to you? And I was like, I, was like, I don't know. I don't know if you can just sign them over to me. Like, I think we might have to go to the bank and sign them over together. And she was like, well, do you want to go do that? And I was like, <laughs> I can't be seen walking with you. <laughs> It's just so I like walked over there with her, which was an ordeal. And I get there, and she's like talking to the teller, to the bank teller. And in like after about sixty seconds or so, it dawns on me like this bank teller thinks that I'm probably some like young Rico Suave, like some young Bilky. Turk that's that swindled this. <laughs> This, this older woman old, out of her life savings. Yeah. And at some point, the woman asked <laughs> Zelma, she's like, "What? how would you like your money? Like, in what denomination would you like your bills? And Zelma's like, ask him. He's getting all my money. And I was like, God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, the teller's just looking at me. Like, cause, and again, there's all these, like, rumors of, like, scammers and swindlers going around. They <laughs> know. <laughs> The situations we slip on a banana peel and find ourselves in. That is mm-hmm. hilarious. That, like, oh, I ask you, like, listen, I'm not with Central Kentucky Restoration <laughs> or any of that. Uh, I'm just a simple jiggle on taking all this. <laughs> this woman's money. I've been doing this before the flood. <laughs> what if that was the case? What if you were like one of these guys that like takes one of these like older women for all their money and like and you just so happen to be like posted up in a flood zone just yeah just no no trust me i've been doing this i was doing it long before (laughs) long before the flood came 
long before it was cool. I've been here 10 years doing this. <laughs> You're just noticing now. <laughs> um, this guy on chart on Facebook named Charlie Wright has been posting about central Kentucky renovations. Um, Oh yeah, I know. Charlie's owns uh street side. Uh, the first day, the guy said a rough estimate to complete the job would be 20000 Day three, he changed his mind to 30000 Day five, he showed up. Instead, he stayed up all night thinking about quoting me that number, and now he's thinking 50000 or above. At that point, we've been all, already been completely unhappy with everything he's done to that point. We were waiting for the right time to fire him, and we were instructed by my attorney early on to record every compensation conversation with him. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, this guy has a crew of Hispanics that he drops off Day one, <laughs> unsupervised 90% of the time, and they don't speak English. I have to communicate with them through a translator app on their phone. They didn't have tools, didn't have boots, didn't know what to do. Man, like, just just the, the situations you wind yourself. Like, I have, I, we both have worked for, like, contractors before and, like, wound up in some dodgy-ass, like, sketchy-ass situations, like... Did I get hired by a company that's like set up to be a drug front for a money money laundering operation Bro, or something? I've never worked for a contractor that wasn't a con man. I know there's varying degrees of that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. From like run of the mill tax cheat to like guys that you know will get like you know like will just like pay a bunch of day laborers like what Charlie describes here like bullshit money and that kind of stuff. But I, one thing they all have in common is I have never met one that was like, that had any scruples. <laughs> no. No, and like they take advantage of people when they're down on their luck in times like this. And like, oh man, I don't know. It's just, dude, it is the Wild West, brother. It really fucking is. Like, um, I was trying to help this woman get applied to FEMA. And she has a hard time getting what around. What a leap of faith coming to you to yeah. help with the faith yeah. application. No, yeah, no, as a... Like, like with act- all the rumors floating around about scammers and stuff. <laughs> um, well, I met this... I met her son. And he kind of reminded me of your Uncle Rerun. And so I was like, all right, I'll give him... Well, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, he seemed pretty cool. We hit it off. And uh, he told me his mom needed help, so I went and visited her, and I was talking to her. She kind of has a hard time, like, you know, getting around and getting to town. Because, you know, she's old, and uh, she doesn't have internet out where she and you, lives. You, you've, took, you've now taken all of her money, all and of her social security t- money. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine how destitute she is after I got done with her. <laughs> Why do no why do no rumors of those kind of scammers go around after a disaster like this? Like, warning! Have you seen this man in your neighborhood? It's just like me looking sexy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he comes through there promising to quote sling good dick. End quote. But what what happens in the end is he walks away with your social security money. Don't get caught like I did looking for some good dick and ending up broke. Um, so, like, she called FEMA, like, at the very beginning of all this, and they were like, yeah, we'll get back to you in eight to ten days, and she's like, I haven't heard a thing, no one's been out to see me, and so I was like, 
all right, well, I'll try to call. Like, um, I'll go to town uh, where I have cell service and, like, call them. And so then, like, I called FEMA, and I explained the situation. I was like, look, she's not going to be able to make it to town to your mobile registration unit, which I heard isn't in the place that you said it was going to be in. I've had multiple people be like, yeah, it's just not there anymore. We don't know where it went. <laughs> it's like an ice cream. FEMA truck's like an ice cream truck. You got to wait and hear, wait for the jingle. Run inside. <laughs> get a dollar fifty off your mom and then hope that he's still in the neighborhood. <laughs> Except in this case, it's a pin and all your pertinent information for the application. Yeah. Um... Ah, fuck. He left. I guess I'll just have to wait and listen for him tomorrow. <laughs> you just... Jesus Christ. So I was like... So I was like... I, I was explaining the situation to this guy. I was like, is it possible you could send someone out there to see her and assess her situation? Like, I'm out of my element here. And uh, and she really <laughs> needs says, he says, help. He's, <laughs> he says to you, now... Now, bro, when you say assess the situation, you're talking about, like, <laughs> fucking her and taking her social security check? What kind, what kind of scam are you running here, pal? <laughs> um, and, like, so I, I t- you know, I tell him the situation, but, like, can you send someone out to see her? Like, uh, you know, because how else? She really needs help, and how else is she going to get it? He was like, oh, we, we, we don't do that. He's like, she's going to have to come into the mobile <laughs> Wait, center. Wait, the FEMA guy said we don't provide any help. <laughs> yeah, I, he was like, she'll have to come into the center or call or do it online. And I was like, well, as I just explained, like, those are difficult options for her. Can you go send someone out to see her? And he was like, no, no, we just don't do that. Those are the only ways. And I was like, okay, before I get off the phone call with you, I want you to repeat what you just said to me, but I want you to rephrase it like you were on the radio. So what did you just tell me? And he was like, we do not send, we do not send representatives out to meet people at their homes. They have to come into it. And I was like, all right, thanks, man. That's all I needed. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> and then that guy hung up and was like, fuck, I got God, didn't I? Just like, what the fuck? What? It's, it's, honestly, it's like that office space thing. Like, what? What is it you say that you do here? Like, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Okay, what does FEMA stand for? What's the acronym stand Federal for? Federal Emergency Management Administration, I think. Okay. Now, you go to a crisis zone with the hallmark of this crisis is people displaced and trapped in places It can't get certain places, right? Uh-huh. So the thing that they have found is the most efficient is to set up shop somewhere and let displaced people come to them. Pretty much. <laughs> That's what's going to streamline this process. <laughs> Pretty much. And at this point, like, there's all kinds of... Even our representative Angie Hatton is just, like, posting stuff about how everybody's getting denied. Not everybody. I have talked to some people who did get some money from FEMA. But most of the people I've talked to... It's like, it's, it's just like we said on the last episode, like they're going to run the clock out until you just get fatigued and tired. And it's yeah. like, I, <laughs> that's what makes it so surreal. It's like, if yeah. you're just, if you're not going to do anything, just dissolve the agency. Stop pretending yeah, right, that right. we have one. Just like, just let us, it's, I don't know. Like, 
that in and of itself was one of the reasons why in the first like couple days of this whole thing i myself wasn't sure exactly what to do i was like okay boots will arrive you know boots will hit, hit the ground soon there will be boots hitting grounds uh famous here baby everybody'll say it together and the and they'll ride in on horses mhm and the horses will neigh and then they'll hop off and say I'm with the government, and I'm here to help, and then everybody will get their money. <laughs> That's how I imagine it going in my head. Uh-huh. But, as we stated last time, it's not boots. It's, like, boat shoes and Ralph Lauren polos. Like, the, <laughs> that's your FEMA agent. Uh, is getting a, being a FEMA bureaucrat, is that the fake email job of, like, federal jobs? I get. I guess. I can't name really and truly a much more useless agency. I guess maybe like, uh, uh, Bureau of Prisons or Bureau of Land Management doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. doing too much. It does seem particularly rigged to frustrate you. Yeah. Because, um, Obviously, even our disaster response is means-tested. And they can't just run through, like, run through the haulers giving money and supplies to people. Like, that's unheard of. That's ridiculous. Not, not even that. To even more, even more sort of substantially than that, like, or substantively than that, they would be building new, like... If this happened in China, they would have built, like, new cities by now. Like, entirely new fucking cities for people to just, like, migrate to and use. You know right. what I'm saying? It's just... Yeah. it's just, uh, And so that's why the whole thing just becomes a farce. It's just like, Where are people supposed to go exactly? That's what I don't... That's what I've never understood, you know? Like, I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit before with, like, the Rand Paul. Everybody should just move to South Dakota thing. But, like, you know, if you got... And everybody's ever like when you bring this up, people will be like, "Oh, well, people like moved and migrated for generations and did this, this, and this, and it's easier to do that now." And I would argue maybe it's not because uh, I'd, I'd say it's harder. Know, yeah, I'd say it's harder because like you let's say you know how fucking hard it is to do anything in a place like Eastern Kentucky like without a vehicle, without any cash. Yeah, like like you're fucked. You know, I did it for two years, man. Worked at the fucking bar without a car. Fortunately, it was three doors down from our apartment, but like I couldn't go anywhere without borrowing a ride or bumming a ride mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's uh not like the halcyon days when you could trade some beaver pelts for passage to Detroit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> gone are those kinds gone, of gone are those days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from transportation to housing, like. The situations we make people live in is astounding. Like, I've never, just as a matter of growing up the bookish kid in an overly masculine conservative house, I made it a point to not learn anything about, like, home construction or tools or any of that stuff. Uh, But I feel like I've been... I've gotten a crash course in, like, how we build various types of homes for various types of classes. And, like, when I tell you that 
if you went to the store and bought, like, I don't know, let's say a thousand packs of those, like, 500-page college-ruled notebook packs that you get in college or high school to fill your thing with, and, like, that was your house, like, those were the walls in your house, that yeah. would probably be stronger than the material used to build some of the houses around here. Like, we're talking about material that melts in your hand. Like, yeah. when you touch it, tear it away because it's been, you know, just water damaged and molded all the fuck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... Well, I mean, that's... And that has to do with these companies coming here and throwing shit up that was never meant to be permanent, right? They wanted to create these camps where people would live a few years and then once they got what they wanted out of it, then they would just dip out that's why there's that's why people i mean people talk all the time about like there being no sewer and all this different stuff in eastern kentucky it's like it all stems from that and if you're a person that acquired one of these homes and have made that your home like and they're they act like these people are uncivilized but why would you pay like if you're especially if you're on a fixed income poor working person why would you want to pay the utility you know what i mean yeah Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 all held together with popsicle sticks, but it's it's maddening, man, because it's like a lot of these people or people in their family created so much wealth for the world and are just left high and fucking dry. And I hate to sound like one of these Appalachian exceptionalists or anything like that, because I don't believe that. I mean, there's plenty of places and professions that created a ton of value for the world, and they deserve every bit of the attention when they are going through their own individual crises and whatnot. But it is just, it's just super infuriating. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, like you had a working class that extracted this mineral from the earth. It, It wasn't just that, it's not just that, like, the the housing situation here is just a byproduct of capitalism at large. It's, I mean, granted, <clears throat> the way people live here is how they live in a lot of parts of rural America. So, it's again, it's not necessarily entirely exceptional. Right. But it is, at the same time, you really can draw a direct line back to the entire political economy of coal extraction. The way it, I mean, unlike other kinds of industry, uh, like, I don't know, uh, maybe it's closer to maybe like a chemical industry, but not the same thing as like perhaps like textile or uh, even, I don't know, uh, fucking military parts. I don't know. Even that is pretty environmentally harmful. But regardless... Coal mining requires the complete destruction of the natural environment. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it was just, it was always going to result in things like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. You see this, tw- I, I, I'm just going to quit doing the Twitter dunk because it feels about as tired you're, as... You're done like, Twitter dunking. As, uh, I'm hanging it up. I'm putting wow. my jersey in the rafters, whatever. I get so emotional and mad too at the smallest things. That's why I'm not fit to do it anymore. Like mm. I think, basically, my body's broken down. It's time to hang it up. You know? Well, dude, you. I mean, I've been trying to be intentional about not seeking out things that piss me off and agitate me, because mm. again, 
like my tummy can't handle it like every little thing adds up it creates like an ambient stress level and so i've been trying to like chip away at it with small things like trying not to seek out things that piss me off and agitate me um, oh dude I, I i mean you know what i've been going through last little bit somebody had <laughs> some i'd posted a stupid tweet about this cabbage patch kid my at my cousin adam you know adam had that i defaced as a kid out of jealousy and i was just making a joke about like just my lifetime commitment to destroying the property of the more fortunate <laughs> and some this some dude was like he, he wrote something uh, it was like uh i can't remember what it said but basically it was like the uh 30 something year old grudge over a baby doll seems like uh you know not a good way to win somebody to your position but i don't i don't make twenty thousand dollars a month on patreon what do i know <laughs> and usually those things just kind of wash over me but with what i've been going through like i immediately dude i went in i was like what's this guy's deal he lives in greenville south carolina like i don't think you understand like bro i live a few hours from greenville i will come dog walk you the mood i'm in right now but i was like cool i sent him a message i was like bro yeah, i'm sorry i made this sh- like shitty little comment about oh, keep grinding out them letterbox reviews buddy i'm sure that you're gonna write something somebody cares about one of these days or something like that. i forget what it was but i see i was like man my bad you know whatever and it's like dude you don't know what people are fucking going through and also, I mean, I, I hate to break to everybody that thinks that we're rich, but when you split a fucking dentist salary 19 goddamn ways, like, I'm sorry, there's, it's not, it's not as glamorous as it looks. I'm telling you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I quit dunking, but there was one tweet that caught my fucking attention this morning. It was this dude that writes for a bunch of papers, and he said, one of the odder things in recent years, and I posted a dunk and immediately deleted it, mm. but he says, one of the odder things in recent years is to see how the left has passed from having many miners in its ranks, <laughs> fighting for better wages and conditions, to a left with few miners, but many activists who are anti-mining, a position the older left would have found unrecognizable. Uh-huh. And then, here's where it got really obnoxious, is... Somebody said was like was pointing out mining is inherently unsustainable, needs to be limited in almost any case. Anything from sand to fossil fuels to rare minerals to phosphorus are reaching the limits of sustainable use. The biggest problem is coal, and that needs to be stopped as soon as possible. And the guy goes, I agree about coal. The rest I don't know if I agree with. <laughs> but what's funny is like what? when you think when you think of it's such a weird position because when you think about the left like supporting miners, I'm sorry, but they don't write songs about cobalt miners. Right. You know, so it's like, it's like, man, it's crazy. They had all these miners in their coalition. Then he's like, oh yeah, I agree. But like coal mining has got to go. That's, that's bad mining. But everything <laughs> else, I just don't understand the let. It's like, eh. I'm not in before anybody says anything. I'm that's not to put down any form of extractive work. People have done the tar sands or whatever it is, wherever you're at. And I'm sure there's been all kinds of labor struggles around that, but I, in my estimation, I venture to say that it probably doesn't get more like what he's talking about is echoes of like the Harlan County mine wars and different things like that. But in the next breath, it's like no coal mining's got to go. <laughs> Such a weird <laughs> fucking thing to say. The uh, well, he should re- he should listen to Trillbilly's Year Zero interview with Timothy Mitchell. I feel like that's right. a good explanation of why 
the U.S. left or the left in general had coal mine. It's because like they could, like you know, clench their fists and grind the entire economy to a halt. You know, it, it was oh, yeah yeah pressure points. Like they could uh, be, um, you know. They could, I don't know, they, their position in political economy was very crucial. Uh, sort of like logistics yeah. workers today, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that feels like that has supplanted, like UPS, FedEx, and even like the federal employees, USPS, and so forth. It feels like they have kind of supplanted like extractive industries as like the real choke points of any kind of thing like that. Yeah, like if, if American, if the American oil industry went on like a nationwide strike, which is insane to think about. It did happen. It used to happen like in the 40s and shit. Mm. But it's crazy to think about it happening now. But if it did, I don't know. Would uh, I guess the U.S. would have to import its oil from OPEC. Honestly, if you would really have the economy, like you'd really have <clears throat> the capitalist class in a tight spot because with OPEC on one side... And striking oil field workers on the U.S. oil field workers on the other side, you would really be putting the heat to them. I feel like, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Like coal, coal mine. Just no one mines coal anymore. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of coal mines still, but not anywhere near what it used to be. And it's all fucking mechanized. There's just fewer well, miners in general. It's just a mechanized well, industry. Right. That's the thing. Is it's it's moved from needing a lot of hands to not. And then the other thing too is like. The, the, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention, but the price of coal is through the fucking roof right now. Ever since right. like, the Ukraine-Russia thing kicked off. If those jobs were going to materialize, they this would be the time they would be materializing. But it's just a mechanized industry now. Yeah. Dude, <clears throat> I, I thought you were going to mention the Kelly Craft tweet. <laughs> I was get, I was teeing that one up. That was next on the thing. That is beyond egregious. Uh... Huh. It's that is that is insane, dude. They built in 2007. They built the practice facility. Have you been following all this that's been going on for, with UK? Not really. No. They've been in 2007. Joe Kraft, Joe and Kelly Kraft built the Kraft Center. It's where UK basketball team practices and the Wildcat Coal Lodge and all this stuff. And now Calipari's throwing these tantrums, wanting like updated facilities for recruiting and all that th- sort of thing. And he's been retweeting like Kelly Craft stuff. That's how it came on my TL. Like I would I never see. have Kelly Craft on the TL otherwise. But like, what did Trump? She's got like an ambassadorship or something. And basically, her only credential is she's like a, a coal baron's wife. I think she like was the, the coal baron's wife. Yeah, she was the ambassador to the UN. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking it was like Finland or something goofy. It's a picture of her, not a speck of dirt on her. Like, not even a, you know, not even, like, a particle of dirt or anything on her. Like, you would think that they would at least be like, Kelly, come over here. Come over here, like, let's put some mud on those (laughs) things or something. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, she's standing next to some uh, probably missionary workers or something next to a pile of rubble. And she says, there is so much going on in our world and nationally, but we must not forget our brothers and sisters in Eastern Kentucky as they rebuild. Together, we will meet the moment and help them come back stronger than ever. Meet the moment is a hashtag. I love it. Dude, that is so crazy. Everybody in this picture looks like they've been like rolled hard and put up wet, like working to get their homes lined back out. And she's there in like some fucking 
Hunter rain boots or something with not a speck of dirt on her or her <laughs> pants or anything. She did not even bend over to pick one thing up. <laughs> amazing. No, Absolutely amazing. As you pointed out, like you can literally draw a straight line between her, like from her to the flood, to the flooding, from her husband yeah, to oh the yeah. flooding. Yeah, the Kraft family, some of the bigger coal profiteers in the, yeah, in the I, world. I was here, yeah. I heard on the radio today that they said something like 70% of the rainfall went into the creeks, which I think is insane. Like, usually in a normal situation that hasn't been strip mined all to fuck, the yeah. mount, the hills would retain a lot of that water um, because they're they're porous, right? Yeah. Uh, but in this in this case, like seventy percent of the rainwater went just straight into the fucking creek, like it had nowhere to go. Oh my god, dude! Thanks, Joe and Kelly. That, that hey, this flood made possible through the generosity of Joe and Kelly Craft, <laughs> <laughs> as well as appropriations from the Kentucky General Assembly. <laughs> Dude, it's it's really been a masterclass in leadership. I fucking love it. One of something that I just found out yesterday is that uh, Terry Adams, our county judge executive, would not meet with Andy Brashear when he came down here. Not that I really give a shit because I don't like either of these individuals. Like fuck it, who cares? But I just thought it was pretty funny. He also wouldn't meet with Joe Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that is so... <laughs> Terry needs to kind of understand that when you've reached the level of that local politics, like you don't, you're not a you're not a partisan anymore. You're a representative, and you and there's something called diplomacy. Like you think Fidel Castro liked coming to New York and like shaking hands with like yeah you know. <laughs> All these like people from America and shit and making these deals and stuff like that, which obviously America reneged on. But like you, you have to do that. You have to keep up some sort of level of decorum, almost. Well, I just yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting that like, especially after a disaster, I think that that's really the thing. It's right, yeah. Like if he's just yeah, like I get it in certain circumstances, but after a disaster, like yeah, like. Go instead of just like not meeting with him. How about you go and like ream his ass? That would be fair game. Like nobody right. says you have to be cordial, but like you need to have an audience with people that can make decisions. About you could have a Beto move moment. Like f you, Mister President. Up. This is fucked up. This is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's important to me, motherfucker. Beto's back on his cussing shit. Do you know that? I did. I I heard that. He's it's back on tight. his cussing shit. That's pretty, that's pretty tight. <laughs> He's like the cussing guy. This is, this is I love that. I love that. He's like, in 30, 40 years, his Wikipedia page will have like cussing phase 2019 through 2023 or something like that. Cussing Robert Beto O'Rourke. Uh huh. Cussing. That's what he'll be known as. They'll like <laughs> render of, uh, the artist because we're going to be regressing in society after everything melts down. Yeah. But they'll right. drop Beto in like a, uh, <laughs> like a fucking Daniel Boone style, like, like coonskin cap and right, like Teddy the, Roosevelt, tall tail type thing. Yeah. 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 He'll be cussing Rock Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> 
uh-huh. the filthiest mouth in the West. And, and like, <laughs> but, it, but all, all of modernity will have broken down by that point. And, and they'll just, nobody remember that he was just like this huge pussy that wore like a blue Oxford shirt. Uh-huh. So they'd like to say a couple of dirty words. Like, damn, he didn't need six shooters. <laughs> yeah. All he needed was, was four. Six sh- <laughs> he didn't need six shooters. He just needed four letter words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't need six bullets. Just four letter words. You know, there's a, there's a phrase, the tongue is mightier than the sword, and that's coined for cussing Beta O'Rourke because he didn't mm-hmm. need... He didn't need six shooters like the rest of the frontiersmen of the time. That's right. <laughs> That's correct. Another another fact I learned this week about the long-term recovery of Letcher County and of Eastern Kentucky <laughs> is that the coordinator for long-term recovery efforts in Letcher County is not... It's, you it's know, also Terry Adams, the guy that wouldn't meet with the president. <laughs> that, to me, would make a little bit of sense, weirdly enough. That, to me, would make a little more sense. Instead, the actual person is our, quote-unquote, economic development coordinator. Like uh, It's like an unelected position. It's like a bureaucrat ro- role that they created like 15 years ago to get the prison here. Like It had no other purpose than to like, roll like out... the planning commission. It's like, it sounds official, but actually it's just completely undemocratic and just appointed by like powerful people. Yeah, it's, in, it's literal mission from day one was to like roll out the red carpet to make sure that Letcher County was uh, an amenable place for a federal prison. And so I guess that position still exists. I don't know why the fuck. It, honestly, it's even crazier to think about. Like, I remember a few years ago when the county was completely fucking broke and they were having to, like, lay off uh, trash dr- uh, truck drivers and, like, bus drivers and shit like that. Who the fuck knew this whole fucking time they still had an economic development coordinator? They're probably paying, like, $60,000, $70,000 a year to do fuck all. Just, you know, sit on the computer and, like, talk to people about, like, tourism. Oh, a classic East Kentucky grift is, and you have to open up the books to see it, but you think some of these positions, like county attorney and city attorney, are, like, just, like, unpaid out of the goodness of their heart, but no, they get big money under, like, kind of obscured from the budget and stuff like that. So I know they're paying somebody, yeah, but they, they'll they sit in the garbage guy's home and the, that sounds funny to say it that way. Uh-huh. They'll send the trash men home. They'll send know. the trash. <laughs> we have to lay off 12 trash men this month. Sorry, guys. So we're going to give you all a morality test and the 12 lowest scores go home. <laughs> um, I, I just thought that was like perfectly, I mean, it's just like, like perfectly neoliberal. It's just like, okay, yeah, the rebuilding coordinator economic development coordinator yeah, yeah. all right yeah it's yeah just... yeah we can't we uh we can't afford to fully staff our garbage sewer and street departments but uh by god we have to make sure that some pointless guy that gets on a phone call like once every six months with how rogers stays gainfully employed <laughs> <laughs> would you think of the poor economic development coordinators <laughs> Like, surely his only success in the last nine months that I've heard anything about 
is bringing a Bitcoin mine to the industrial park outside of Jenkins, which didn't even pan out because the price of Bitcoin because <laughs> the market completely <laughs> bottomed out. So, so it's just like I. Like oh a flood happened. Uh, all right here. Like just uh, this is your job now. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what's insane is to think about that about people that were so excited about the coming Bitcoin economy in the mountains, and then it all just bottomed out, and then this happened, and they're just like, well, it's okay because once, they, but they didn't get the memo about the Bitcoin jobs not materializing. That's okay, and this all dries out, baby. We're gonna go work in the Bitcoin mines. Hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, dude. It's that, uh, that's, that is not great. <laughs> it's just been a very fascinating experience. I've reconnected with my community in some ways. I've met a lot of new people who I'd never met before. I've heard a lot of stories. I've also seen a lot of <clears throat> really sad, depressing shit sifted through actual shit i think i saw leeches i think i saw a toilet bowl full of leeches the other day it came out of your ass it came out of my ass <laughs> i pooped leeches. just pooped like 40 leeches that like in stand by me mm-hmm. this whole thing it's just been a really crazy a really crazy experience oh. well we got to keep plugging with the podcast, otherwise the terrorists win. I, you know, I didn't, I have not <laughs> kept up with anything, like Trump being raided. Uh, what else has happened? A lot of juicy bits out there, honestly. There's juicy bits that we've punted on. Yeah, There's juicy can... bits we've punted on. Yeah, if you can believe it, we oh don't my... usually punt on juicy bits, but. Lately, out of necessity, we've had to. We've punted on juicy bits. Salman Rushdie was attacked, giving a lecture in New York. Somebody trying to hmm. cash in on the fatwa. What if, like, that... Listen, that's kind of an interesting uh, Eastern Kentucky economic development idea if I was in that role. I'm going to say, listen, there's a lot of government money out there, okay? Uh. But some of the best government money out there is in Iran right now. <laughs> And listen, you just get like a band of hillbillies together like a fucking inglorious bastards. And uh-huh. it's like these, <laughs> listen, we're going to cash in on the Ayatollah's fatwa. We just have to go murder Salmon Rush. <laughs> <laughs> That's my vision of Kentucky's economic development. If you're in that position, you got to show some imagination and initiative. Like, we're going to fucking get small business owners here. What the fuck are you talking about? There's more money in pursuing the fatwa on Salman Rushdie's head. I know. I'm being facetious. And also, the guy was stabbed in the neck, so maybe I should not be so cavalier about that. But the thing, too, is like, yeah, it's sad that there's a much more lucrative future mm-hmm. in just murdering one guy than anything, <laughs> any other solution offered to Eastern Kentucky. To Eastern Kentucky, yeah. Like you could fund the city of Whitesburg for two years off of uh, Rushdie Fatwa money. Yeah, you probably. <laughs> I'll tell you something, man. Uh, getting bounties on people's heads and stuff as the situation grows more and more dire. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna see maybe see, you know, a boom in that economy. Contract, contract killing being a viable. Uh huh. 
know, yeah. made a yeah. viable job again. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of unscrupulous, dishonorable people running around out there that need to get what's coming to them. And sooner or later, the free market's going to step in and take care of that. Yeah, really and truly, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, we've been punting on juicy bits. Like Robert, like Cussin' Robert O'Rourke Beto Lopez is also going to, he's going to have some uh, competitors. And those competitors are going to be us. We're going to be the punters of juicy bits, Terrence and Tom. What else is going on in the world? Boris Johnson is appalled at the Rushdie attack. Is he? Yeah, it's news out of... Oh, here's another good one. Uh, Michelle Branch, her of... Did she sing Making My Way Downtown? Uh, no, I think that was Vanessa she was, Carlton. She, oh, what does Michelle yeah. Branch say? Uh, she sings Jesus Freak. Well, anyway, she's married one of the guys from the Black Keys and was arrested after she smacked him after catching him in an affair. Wow. I guess that means he'll he'll be spitting some Black Keys out of his mouth, you know, like the, <laughs> like the piano, like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see anything? Uh, did you see anything else? This week, either flood adjacent or national politics adjacent that we can well, cover. Well, I saw the Baffler piece, which I was impressed by. If you want to talk about that a little bit before we uh, yes. close out, which I guess the broad strokes of we've kind of outlined over the last couple of weeks. But if you haven't checked that out yet, you should go check it out. I read something for the Baffler about the flood. You should go check it out. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's you know it's just kind of a a sort of synthesis of everything we've been talking about and working towards over the last couple of weeks. Everybody should go, go should go read it and check it out. That's I mean, I mean, no one else. This is already out of the media, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help, help us keep it in because we still need a lot of help. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a complete free for all, man. You got like scammers, fucking. All over the place, FEMA not doing anything. The lo- the National Guard's gone by now. I mean, they- they're fucking gone, dog. Like I I guess maybe I saw like a couple trucks yesterday, but they dipped out. They're like, all right, you guys got this under control. <laughs> 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 like no, no, we we don't at all actually. Um, oh man! But it's it's it it really and truly is just like well you're on your own so good. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, people were talking about it, like CDC releasing new COVID guidelines, the sort of message of which seems to be basically, good luck. But that is literally the same tact that they've taken with this flood and that I would assume they've ta- taken with every national disaster or natural disaster in the last several years. Like, there was a thread going around, I think, like a week ago about how Monkeypox broke out in the mid 2000s and the CDC I think they were able to get it under control pretty quick <clears throat> but uh like those days are just long gone and and people are telling me that this woman I was talking to yesterday um she was like 
she literally verbalized that. She was just like, long gone are the days when anybody came around to help you. Like, no one has been by here. No one's been by to help or talk. Like, those days are long gone. Yeah. Uh, which is astonishing. I mean, it really is. You see, like, growing up, you, you hear those. And it's a hard line to walk because, like, the U.S. government... Uh, both as an administrative state and as an as an empire, is a force of evil, great, great satanic evil in the world that needs to be destroyed. Uh, but like, there's nothing inherently evil about a state, in my mind, anyways. Like that, a state is just an instrument, a mechanism for for uh, administration, a distribution, a framework. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like there's nothing inherently evil about it. Yeah. Um, but you just kind of see how, how kind of like genocidal that Ronald Reagan statement is about like the scariest words are I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Well, it's and like, it's also provided cover for the government to like sort of, because the Democrats are so feckless, for the government to become, as the years go by, like more and more useless. Uh-huh. Right. Like, you know? I don't. It's not like I want to build back some sort of, like, democratic socialist state where, like, the government operates like the New Deal or whatever, like, Green New Deal and all that. Or Sweden. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want want that. Um, But it would at least be nice during times like this. But that's that's not a reality. It's not going to be a reality ever. And you just kind of have to adjust accordingly. You just kind of have to embrace that. I remember when we had a sod hater on, and he said something that kind of stuck with me. Is that like the whole point of politics is to make things better? So, like, I'm not like counting out the idea of making gains in like the current system, but like you, you have to be careful. I think of like who you entrust and who you get in bed with, and all these different things, and like your own personal integrity and stuff. But that said, I don't, I don't hold out any hope that like. Yeah, like we're going to get any help or anybody else for that matter is going to get any help under this current thing we live under, you know. Well, it's weird. Like, we didn't even talk about the Biden visit, but. Because <laughs> it was much ado about nothing. I it was completely God. anticlimactic. It's yeah. like no one knew where he was. The media framed it in a way that seemed to suggest he was coming here to roll out the Democrats' new climate bill. It, like the media was like, Biden arrives in Eastern Kentucky after Democrats pass monumental new climate bill. Oh, and there was also flooding here. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, they probably got him here, and then like he's like, God damn, his sundowning's worse today. And they're like, Okay, we got Colin Audible. We'll roll it out some <laughs> other time when he's more alert. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't know anything about that bill. I don't care to know. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if it goes nine-tenths of the way. You will never, ever fucking convince me that it's good enough. That even its meager reforms and attempts at moving the needle in a specific direction are useful and good. I mean, I just, I don't, from where I'm sitting right now, in the epicenter of another fucking disaster, it's not good enough unless it goes all the fucking way. Yeah. And it seems like companies are fine with it. And if fossil fuel com- companies are fine with yeah, it, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's an issue. That that says enough. I mean, 
another thing that Assad talked about when we had him on was this idea of like political phases mm-hmm. and that like phases can come to an end that like there are uh you know that it, that they have a beginning and an end and trying to revive a dead one in my opinion like a kind of like robust social democratic state is like it's a dead issue already at this point the only way i guess we're going to be able to start moving something forward is with something entirely new like altogether new mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know how what that looks like or how it's done but i'm just starting by telling people no longer lying to people about my day job. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's where I'm going to start. And it's going to end <laughs> with, with me whole, in a ditch. With, the, with, with you in a, a political revolution or you shot twice in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. I don't know, man. Well, the piece this- is good. I really was impressed by it, and I think it's. It's required reading. Now, I mean, not only because I'm trying to shine a light on the situation here, but also, too, because, like, this is coming for all of us. And uh, I think that's true. I think that, like, the wages of everything we've pulled out of the ground and the way we've immiserated people and just wantonly done whatever we want for generations and generations and generations, like, it's our chickens coming home to roost. And the shitty thing is that, uh, you know, the the leadership situation is dire, and it's there's almost like a I don't know what you would call it. There's almost just like a like I don't know. Like it's like we all know that we're fucked, but we're just like carrying on the best that we we can under the circumstances. There's like I don't know. There's just like an eerie undertone. I've even noticed this with the flood where it's like, like we don't want to say, like our leaders particularly don't want to say anything about like coal mining's role in this. Like it it would be easier just to like move on from that. And I get that in some ways, like in the sense that like, we just want to like, we don't want to litigate why or how this happened. But I think it's important to hold people to account. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this fucking show if we, if we weren't speaking truth to justice, man. I th- I think that there is something deeply powerful about history as a tool uh, for like liberation. I yeah. mean, however corny that word is, or however corny that sounds, it's just yeah. I mean, yeah, it is hard to sell that because it is an abstract thing. Like, oh, this thing happened forty years ago, you know. And the same thing applies to climate change. Like when people talk about this being a product of climate change. Like I had a guy, I was talking to one guy and he was like, they're saying this is a result of climate change. He's like, I don't know about that. He was like, but I do know this is a result of strip mining. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's really a that lot kind of people of can get on board with that, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, just, it's common sense. Here's the thing. Like when the Friends of Coal lobby came in before it was actually formalized as Friends of Coal, there was a sense in the community that people that were strip mining were fucking people out of their jobs because people had, I remember being a kid and people talking about like fucking strip miners, like fucking us over again and all this stuff. And then at a certain point that all merged together and it felt like, you know, like, well, we might as well not single these guys out. They're just trying to feed their families and work and stuff like that. But it was the right instinct, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know where that went, but like I'm hoping a little bit of that is still alive, you know. To the, I mean, not that it matters in a big way anymore, but like just the knowledge that there were people that, like you know, in their estimation, out of necessity, but like in the end, fucked over so many people and like coal miners and just regular ass people around these sites a lot. Well, and we got to be honest and candid about that. It was just it just created an environment of fear and sort of paranoia and scarcity uh i mean people that's another thing people ask you know like i wrote a whole thing about it like the early opioid epidemic and the moral panic around that Mm. like a big sort of ingredient in that moral panic probably was fear over not just the decline of jobs but the fact that some of the only jobs left were leveling people's homes and family cemeteries and mountains and filling the streams up and shit. Like, it's that was a very socially catastrophic thing that happened. Like, I've, that I've, was like a 20 or 30 year thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people no, pitted against neighbors. Like, that was awful. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I haven't written about both of these things. How much do you think the rise of the opioid crisis and the rhetoric around it was put in place to obscure who the real villains were in these communities? I think that that's a big part of it. Because nobody says the strip miners. And, of course, not a few miners ended up, like, falling prey to the opioid thing themselves. But, like... No, like you know what I mean. Like nobody says strip miners are the scum of the earth anymore. They say, you know, it's the dope heads, it's the looters, it's the you know. There's always like some villain, some like, and it's and I mean, usually a straw man. You know, usually, you know what what they call and like sort of classify. You know, like one or two people get caught stealing during the aftermath of the flood, and then they saw there's this huge looting problem. Right. It's like, no, not really. <laughs> you know. Well, they had to displace the social harm caused by sh- strip mining specifically, but coal mining at large, onto some group of people. And yeah. so it became people who use drugs, people living in extreme poverty, living in desperate conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because, yeah, there, it is a fact that, I mean, like, what, what do you hear the, a lot of those people saying, like, in the 90s and 2000s? It's like, drug, drug dealers are destroying our community. Our, our communities are being destroyed. Our communities are declining. And that mm-hmm. was true. It, just, it, it wasn't because people were using drugs. Right. It was because the coal industry was in its end game, And its right. end game required it to basically destroy as much shit as possible. I mean, like, you're talking about parts of West Virginia looking like the fucking moon. Like, yeah. strip mines as large as Washington, D.C. Like, this this is this is recent history. I mean, yeah. this is all recent shit. I saw something one time that you could place the city of D.C., the Sphinx, the Empire State Building, uh, the Statue of Liberty, and, like, several other monuments on one strip mine in Martin County. Is that why that um, coal miner is it named Jeff Hoops? Is that his name? That coal or that coal mine owner? 
<laughs> yeah, decided to do exactly that <laughs> to test it out. He's like, I gotta yeah. see if this is true. I'm gonna see if you can really put Yankee Stadium, <laughs> Fenway Park, and goddamn Lincoln Memorial all on this trip. <laughs> I'll be damned, you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, the last thirty or forty years here have been a catastrophe, a social catastrophe. Like, multiple things intersecting. Um, And you see the way it all just compounds during a disaster like the flood. Mm -hmm. And the fucking people in power know it. They know this. That's really the thing that's so hard and fascinating to watch simultaneously. It's like they know how bad it is and that uh, we have created the worst... I mean, like, the Kentucky River's watershed is one of the poorest watersheds in the U.S. I mean, like, it is the I mean, it is it is astounding. I mean, we're talking about people living in floodplains in houses that are basically built with paper. I mean, it's it was a disaster waiting to fucking happen. But like layered on top of all that was like 20 or 30 years of excessive law enforcement surveillance uh targeting like um targeting of survival strategies in a in an area that is again extremely impoverished um that was you know the inf- the only remaining infrastructure of which is jails and prisons uh police and police departments i mean you know that's i don't i don't know man it's just um it was just a disaster waiting to happen. And, and again, not to mention the war on coal, the friends of coal thing, the creation of an in-group and an out-group, the creation of like a labor hierarchy of like noble work versus ignoble work, like masculine work versus feminine work. Like it was all waiting to implode in something that would create maximum fatalities, maximum social disruption. I mean, it's fucking crazy to watch all these NGOs swoop in and try to piece back together, like, the social fabric in a way that ensures the social hierarchy. Like, there's this group called CORE. Have you heard about yeah, them? It's the same. Yeah, it's that. That feels like that has to do with the messaging around the Joel Peck cartoon, which you rightly called out as absurd, the criticism of that. Right. In the piece. Like, the, the to stitch back together the sort of the social fabric with the hierarchy intact says we want the same people sort of leading these things. We don't want anything to change fundamentally is what they're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And the people in power know how fucking absurd that is. Yeah. Like, you can't look at any of this destruction and devastation. Like, I don't think that any human can look at any of that. Like, if regardless of how much you try to obfuscate it with ideology and rationalization, if you've been in a, p- a place of power for longer than... A, f- a few years here, I don't see how you look at any of that and say, yeah, well, maybe things have to fundamentally change here. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how you can look at it and rationalize that away. It's like we were saying last week. It is almost like a revolution. We've already had the fucking hard part. We've done the hard part already where there's been mass fucking devastation and loss of life. So why can't we just fucking all come to terms with that? <clears throat> 
and try to and try to move forward in a way. But that's, that's again, it's not going to happen, and it's totally out of my hands and anybody else's hands. Because I go to these long term recovery meetings. I, I went to one of them anyways, and obviously they're still in the phase of like trying to reduce as much harm as possible, mitigate as much damage as possible. Um, but you will start to see in the coming weeks how this will start to be stitched back together in a way that ensures all those old hierarchies. Because again, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to fuck with the property relation for one. They're not going to start building free and efficient housing. Like they can't do that. That, dude, that is where people draw a line. It's strange. Like, the whole crux of Marxism revolves around the property relation. And he, everybody from, you know, like, bureaucrats swooping in to the NGO sphere coming in to uh, some dude on Twitter getting pissy because I made a joke about defacing property. People start <laughs> acting funny when, like, you, the, when the question comes up to, their prop, to property, the property yeah. relation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. I mean, it's why... It all turns on, sort of. Yeah, yeah, it's why the cops immediately scramble into high gear with the looting stuff. Because you have to... You have to return back to that basic fact. Yeah. Like, disaster... that, That is one of the sort of contradictions that this phase of capitalism will start to put into motion which is that natural disaster by its very sort of physical force can destroy property lines and property distinctions. Yeah. It can turn all property into communal property. And that creates a huge fucking problem for the elite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that means they're going to have to resolve that through the police. At the same time, that means that me and you and every other person on the other side of that line sees that happening and every and, other swinging dick and every other swinging dick <laughs> <laughs> like we see that happening and have to forge a kind of new identity and sort of practice out of it and that's why like i felt really bad talking about the actions of the police and elected officials after this occurred but what else are you well, supposed it, to do? It puts you, I know it puts you in such a weird position because you know how, like, in some ways these people are still venerated. But how do you do it in such a way that you don't alienate people in the community, but at the same time you're honest about what they do and what they're about and what their function is? Yeah. The cops, that is. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a, I mean, such you, a fucking rope to walk, man. Well, you have to call it out because otherwise where are people going to get their answers? I mean, it's yeah. like I pointed out in the article, like... The couple that came in and was like, they're saying this happened because of the election. And you, I mean, I'm what, listen, what, I'm not ready to pun on the weather gun, uh, blue, uh, what do you call it? The, yeah, the, was it like weather engineer or yeah. yeah the, the way, uh, I'm not ready to pun on the weather engineering theory just yet. <laughs> just right. let you know where I'm sitting at with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, people are looking for a kind of an answer, even if it is a kind of rebuke of those kind of answers. Like a rebuke of a certain set of political answers is a political act. Right. And the fact that people get to that point and say like, well, this didn't happen because of the election. Are you fucking serious? Like who would say that? Who would be heartless enough to say that? You know, it just it just goes to show you that people are looking for an explanation. 
Yeah. And so I guess you do have to call out the actions of the police and elected officials after something like this occurs because it perfectly demonstrates how how this all works. It perfectly demonstrates that contradiction that we were talking about earlier, yeah. which is that, and that we talked about in the last episode too, which is that like private property, our, our current conception of it isn't this immortal thing, unchanging thing, like platonic form gifted to us from on high. It is socially created. It's like something that we can change. It doesn't have to exist. It, it hasn't existed at other points in history. I don't know. I think that's. I just think that that is a uh, something that you have to be. Point, someone has to be pointing out. And again, that's why I'm not lying about the podcast anymore. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck's the point? What's the point about lying about it anymore? Like it's. This is all. I feel like we're we are also in an end game of sorts. Like it's all fucked. We're all, like we're all gonna die. Like it's it's heading towards that oblivion. Or, you know what I mean? Or event, event horizon. Like, who fucking cares now? Yeah, you like, just gotta go for broke and try to make you just. Got, I mean, yeah. If fucking people are out here saying that this happened because people here voted for Mitch McConnell, that's way more fucked up and genocidal than me saying, maybe this happened because we destroyed the earth for the rock inside of it for maximum profit, and we prosecuted drug users and, you know, went after them when we should have been taken care of. You know what I mean? Like yeah, those all answers, because of the, the industry was so greedy to pull that stuff out. that right. it left everybody broke and penniless. So they had uh-huh. to turn to something to sort of manage the exact shittiness of their existence. Like it, all ex- these things are connected. Exactly. And that make that, and that makes way more sense than just saying that, Oh, some people are rogues and druggies and this and that. And, uh, I don't know why this keeps happening. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's it's like we pointed out, I think, either last week or the week before that. It's like the liberals, all they're going to do is, like, condescend to the working class. They always have. Even when they were helping them out, the war on poverty was one big scolding, like, condescension. Yeah. Um, Got to do better, guys. Yeah. And then the reactionaries abuse the working class. And right. so there are some people in the working class who will gladly take that abuse and heap it onto other people in the working class. Yeah. And then the left says no to both of those. Mm-hmm. And says that the only way through this is if the working class is running society, running the, the show. The people that create society. the value are running society and making decisions about it. Exactly. And yeah. even more than that, have abolished private property and have like returned property to a communal state that we don't have to, there's no, you know what I mean? There's no scarcity. No, I mean, I, I guess all this probably sounds really idealistic and it, and it is, it is, but <laughs> fucking is, Christianity is. is idealistic. What the fuck do you want? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Anyways, you could go read the baffler article <clears throat> i'm sure that it's not the last thing that i or you've not seen will... the last you've not seen the last of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah there will be more no. surely i mean because again like now watching the kind of like ngo people swoop in and try to 
like that group core like there i think that stands for like i saw the shirts and i was like damn congress of racial equality <laughs> <laughs> like the most boomer thing ever yeah. uh no it, it stands for like what is it core, like core com- apple core appal core no no this is core community organized relief effort Core is providing critical support to communities devastated by the floods in Kentucky. Core responds immediately to support underserved communities across the globe through and beyond crisis. Um, and and like at some point, part on their website, it says like we identify leaders in the community and connect them with the people in need. It's just like okay, uh, I did that the other day when I called the uh, county fiscal court. To come pick up some woman's trash because she didn't have enough space on her property for all the molding, decomposing shit, and I needed someone to come pick it up. And they were like, "Uh, yeah, we we don't do that." No, well, that's <laughs> the other thing, man. It's like, well, those outfits like it just need to stay the fuck out of the way. And if they want to help, give some money out of their coffers to the people that are helping because it's that shit is useless. Yeah, when a crisis res- strikes, we respond immediately to fill gaps, mobilize resources, and establish trust and, trust and collaboration from that within means communities. Nothing. That means nothing. <laughs> to empower them to break perennial cycles of poverty and vulnerability. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and we're the ideologues. <laughs> Truly, yeah. To empower them to break perennial cycles of poverty and vulnerability. Like, hey, damn. guy, have you thought about this? Have you thought about, like, the ways you might be kind of sabotaging things for you? Right. Like, have you thought about how, like, being like locked in genetic this? condition? <laughs> Core focuses on equity by bringing relief directly to those who need it most. Equity. I love it. Our efforts are driven by a focus on equity, locally hired staff, and an investment that starts from within the community and adapts to its dynamic needs. Jesus. Oh, man. Well, I have some dynamic needs. Oh, shit, dude. I think this is Sean Penn's organization. It's Sean Penn founded CORE. (laughs) Is this what he founded uh, after Katrina when he was uh, on the boats going through there? Uh, He founded it in January 2010. In a matter of 35 seconds, 250,000 Haitian lives were lost and the nation was changed. Within hours of this unprecedented disaster, core founder Sean Penn had mobilized a powerful network of doctors, emergency workers, and government officials to take action. I'm going to shoot myself on camera <laughs> today. I'm going to shoot Sean Penn. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you think we'll get to meet Sean Penn at age? Or is, he just, or is he just not show up to these things? I guess not. Jennifer Garner showed up. Did you meet Jennifer Garner? I didn't I didn't meet her. Ah, uh, she, she, like Biden, they had her swooped in and out. This photo of Sean Penn, dude, his fucking arm, this is disgusting. His arm is so veiny, like in a bad way. Dude, <laughs> do you think he was juicing? Uh, could have been. Is I've that never known? I've never seen Sean Penn to get be too jack. Maybe he's just uh, doing those vascularity boosters, you know. Uh-huh. Wow, 
all these groups, I've seen a lot of these signs in the last week or so. Here are a few of the organizations we are proudly partnered with. Airbnb, Amazon, uh-huh. <laughs> Home Depot, World Central Kitchen. Just like the fucking... Uh, the CIA. Didn't like, <laughs> didn't like Sean Penn like draft snitch on El Chapo after he granted him an interview? I think so. Like led to his capture or something? Just like watching all these organizations show up like Duracell and Tide, loads of hope. I've, lo- I've been loving loads of hope. Uh-huh. Like. Please drop loads of hope all over my face. I'd oh, love yeah. some more loads of yeah. hope. But listen, when you all pull out, drop some loads of hope on my <laughs> on on my ass. World Central Kitchen. I've seen that thing. They I got some pretty decent food from them the other day. So I guess it's not all bad. Live Nation. The kind uh, yeah, bars. Just, Oh my God! A, a veritable who's who of. Just, I love it. Oh. Just like when you stare at like a fucking mountain of Colgate toothpaste and toothbrushes, it's just like, dude. Every time there's a natural disaster, like they're they're eating good. My, my money's real good right now. Money real good right disaster. now for yeah Procter and Gamble. <laughs> We were laughing down at the office. We've received so many motherfucking toothbrushes and toothpaste. Like, they're, like, they're like, what do the need? What do people in Eastern Kentucky have need of? Number yeah, one, like, we need they, them they, motherfuckers they, to brush their teeth. They saw the Diane Sawyer thing. They were like, oh, the dew tooth. The dew tooth. Yeah, we got to make sure they don't have Mountain Dew, and we have to make sure they have toothbrushes. Oh man. This shit sucks. It all sucks so fucking bad. Because, like, there's the initial bad thing, which is the the thing, the flood in this case. And then there's, like, the inundation of the non-profit, like, NGO disaster relief workers. And people bringing too many supplies. That's a thing. Like, distribution centers getting oversupplied it's just waves man it's just fucking waves oh boy anyways why don't we call this one we've been at it for a while um thanks uh yeah i don't know any parting thoughts on all that (laughs) man i I, let me know where the overstocks are i'll come be like a hoarder and just get all the excess of the surplus mm. Colgate sit you'll on that never, for a rainy day. Yeah, you'll never buy toothpaste again. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So anyways, go check out the article at The Baffler. Uh, you can continue to support us with mutual aid. Let me find that link. Where's my phone? Let me find that link. There's a link that you can give to... I think EKY Mutual Aid is having a hard time giving, getting money right now. Uh, where in God's name did my phone go? I think the chair. I'll put a link to it in the <laughs> description. <laughs> um, okay, I found it. I found it. I found it. Uh, I still got to find the... <laughs> da, 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 flipping, flipping, flipping. You can donate to at Kentucky Daria, 
It's just like it sounds. K E N T U C K Y D A R I A. That's the person running our mutual aid group. When you give to that, I usually go to the bank, get money literally right out of it, and just give it out to people. So that's our strategy here. I think that's honestly probably your best option because otherwise you might have to fill out some paper i mean they're gonna there's like groups that have there's groups that have people fill out paperwork and shit but i mean who wants to do paperwork for money that sucks you, if you got a grandmother with social security check looking for some satisfaction have her call parents too <laughs> that's right um all right well also go to patreon if you're listening to this it's on patreon uh a day early but uh you can go to support us on patreon we're probably going to get back to a regular recording schedule in the next few weeks uh yeah so uh we'll we'll get that all figured out it's just that my day-to-day i wake up and i literally don't exactly know how that day is gonna go so uh you know it's just a uh, uh, ever evolving situation. It's an evolving situation. There you go. Have you ever heard of one of those? There you go. All right. Um, anyways, go sign up for Patreon. Go tell others to sign up for Patreon. And thanks for listening to us, folks. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for helping us out. Also, if you have like a trash pump and live in the greater Lexington area, you know what that is? Man, I've put the up. call out in West Virginia and. And Kentucky and all over the place. I haven't heard anything back. We need yeah. a yeah, something. Well what sump I need truck. now I don't need necessarily one of those big fucking trucks that gets the porta potties out. I need like a trash pump. It looks kinda like a generator. Um and you can hook a hose up to it and it just sucks the shit right out of it. Out of right out of like a space and spits it <laughs> out the other side. Uh so and that would you, be and you and you need this for the flood cleanup, you say. I need this for the not flood. for not, personal use. Not for personal. <laughs> Sick fuck. <laughs> not for personal use. <laughs> this is the most powerful vacuum ever. <laughs> I just need my shit sucked right out. <laughs> Sucks the shit out of your ass through your dick. <laughs> Send us a sucker, basically. <laughs> Uh, shit. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll tune in next time. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. See ya.